Hello, and welcome to this Human Factors in Dentistry podcast. This podcast's for everybody in the dental team. You'll hear about how human factors can help you to keep yourself and your patients safe. Today, we're going to focus on learning from mishaps and near misses. And I'm really pleased to introduce Professor Simon Wright. Simon's the founder and chair of the National Advisory Board for Human Factors in Dentistry. So, Simon, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why human factors are important to you? Ah, yes, thank you, Sue. Um, well, I'm a dentist. Uh, my practice is uh, limited to implant dentistry. And I've met many and taught many dentists over the years, and I take the view that almost all dentists tries to do the right thing and tries to do the right thing by their patients. But if this is the case, why are there so many examples of dentists not doing the right thing? And after much searching, I came to the conclusion it's down to human factors. It's not because they were bad people or bad dentists. So I set up some research streams to look into this and we found that actually 80% of our mishaps and our errors are down to human factors. In fact, some of the research we did found that dentists make three to four errors every single day. And this would have a huge uh, impact on patient safety. And so I became really quite interested in this. What did, what, um, what did, you, what did you find interesting about human factors, Sue? Yeah, and, and just listening to what you said there, I've seen something quite similar. I suppose I come at it from a slightly different angle, but I've got the same outcome. Um, you know, I'm a dentist and I'm a dental legal consultant. I've been helping dentists and dental teams for over 20 years now. And I do two things really. I help to resolve dental legal issues. And I also look behind the issues to try and find out when they've, how they've occurred. Um, and when I explore them, it's usually a number of human factors that have come together. And when I explain the link to dentists and dental teams, it's like switching on a light. It's a kind of, ah, that explains it moment. And the next thing people often say to me is, do you know what? I wouldn't want other people to go through this. I'd like to share my learning, but they don't know how to go about it. And I'm just thinking, Simon, that all links to reporting. Can you tell us a bit more about reporting and its importance? Yeah, for sure. So if we report our mishaps and near misses, we actually know what they are and then we can learn from them, as you say. And this in turn allows us to design barriers to improve patient safety. But much more importantly than that, reporting has a further role. And this is if we start to report and learn from our errors, we realize that we are fallible. And this starts to change the culture in dentistry to one much more around patient safety. And this happened in the aviation industry. It'll start us to move away from the medical ethos of infallibility where mishaps um, are an individual problem remedied by blame and punishment to a more of a culture around safety where we start to actually look for root causes, fixing problems by improving systems. And why this is so important to us is that when we do this, we start to report more and we start to report better. And so for me, reporting is so important because reporting drives learning that drives this safety culture. Yes, I see what you mean. So it helps to share information. And I absolutely agree with that. But I have to tell you, the question I often hear from dentists and dental teams is this. Do you really think I'm going to report mishaps in this climate? 
that's often described as a climate of fear. When I could get sued, or even worse, I could end up at the GDC. This is a hugely important point, Sue, and it's a huge barrier, I think, to patient safety. But I can't stress enough that if we don't report our mishaps, we can't learn from them. We can't build protective barriers and eventually a patient will be harmed and the clinical team may suffer the consequences. However, as you say, this fear of punitive action and the risk of negative consequences with no real positive outcomes is a huge perception. But there is really good news actually because the regulators acknowledge this and they understand this and they're trying to make some real changes to reassure the profession. I can give you some examples. The CQC, for example, have taken on board our position paper that um, the committee has put together. I personally have sit down, sat down and trained the fitness to practice committees and the case reviewers in human factors. And so they are doing many, many things to try and uh, reassure the profession. But the, the best thing they could do, of course, is with their sanctions. These have to be proportionate. And of course, early resolution would help. So are we actually saying that knowledge of human factors can help in terms of fitness to practice? Yeah, I think it can, because one of the tools the GDC use when they're assessing cases is called the impairment test. And the impairment test is, is broken down into three levels. Um, level one is um, your level of insight. Do you have an insight to the, to the mishap? Secondly, it's the remediation. What do you do to fix it? And thirdly, it's the risk of repetition. And if we apply human factor principles to this, we address the latent factors and the root cause of the mishap, and we design systems to prevent it happening again, this really is ticking this test. It's de demonstrating a high level of insight with a low risk of repetition. So yes, I think it can. Don't, don't you agree from your experience? Do you know, I think that's right. You know, I've helped lots of registrants with, with GDC issues. And what I've seen, is that there's an understanding that however hard we try in dentistry, every so often something's not going to work out, something's going to go wrong. And it's all about recognizing when something hasn't worked out, doing the right thing for the patients, explaining, apologizing, putting it right, and then demonstrating reflection, learning, and insight. The practitioner demonstrating it for themselves and also being in a position to demonstrate it to the GDC. And there's another little bit that's important as well. If the person who's affected by this can demonstrate learning to the patient, patients can often be very forgiving and things often don't even end up at the GDC. What's also helpful at the moment is on the GDC website, they've actually put their position there now saying they're taking relevant environmental and human factors into account. That's a huge step forward. So Simon, I understand that reporting is important, but are there other barriers to the profession for reporting as well. What do you think? Yes, there is, unfortunately. And we've done lots of research investigating these barriers. Even the term reporting is a barrier itself because it implies we've done something wrong. We much prefer the term recording. Yeah. But there are many other barriers. Human factors, interventions, and reporting tools do require some form filling in. And a lot of dentists see this as unnecessary extras that they're not getting paid for. and uh, it takes so much more time. So we really need to highlight the benefits of these tools uh, for them to be effective. Complacency and overconfidence is another barrier. Most dent dentists are doing fine. So why do they need to do this? Why do they need to report and learn? 
Did you know that over 80% of dentists thinks they're better than every other dentist? In research, we call this superiority bias. And this, of course, is related to attitudes and behaviors, and of course, that culture which I was talking about earlier on. But perhaps the biggest barrier to reporting is the fact that most of dentistry is in primary care. And when we look at other reporting tools, they're shown to be really effective, but in secondary care, where there is specific policy and procedure, there's monitoring and measuring of compliance, which is fairly easy to do in a hospital, but it's much more, in, much more difficult to do uh, in a practice when you've got other things to do like CQC and HC105 and all the different protocols that we need to put in place. What do you think are the, the barriers? Do you know, I totally agree with what you've said, and we're so different from secondary care and everything else is set up for secondary care. I think what we've got in dentistry, the benefit we've got is we tend to be very collaborative. So we can overcome those barriers by working together. And the fact that we can see an immediate value of identifying an issue and sharing learning so everyone can benefit, that's a huge thing. And we've seen a good example of that now during COVID. I've seen individuals and groups working together, sharing what the challenges are and then sharing how they've overcome them, like with PPE, with fallow time, with getting back to the new normal. And we can use all that to our benefit and to benefit patients as well. So I think that's really helpful. I like your term recording rather than reporting as well, although I know we've got to call it reporting. So if we are to report, Simon, who can we report it to? What do we report? And more importantly, how do we do it? Well, this is a, a really good question. And the simple answer is anybody can report anything, anything that has an impact on patient safety. And it should be the cleaner, the receptionist, the nursing team, the dentist, anybody. And there are a few things that we have to report, though. We are contractually obliged to report. And these are severe instances. And the, def defini uh, the definition of this is where a patient is significantly harmed and also never events and never events are defined as an incident that has occurred it has caused harm and it is clearly defined and there is a committee which have a list of never events within dentistry and there are three main never events within dentistry and this is wrong site surgery wrong implant placement and retained foreign body so we're contractually obliged to report those three things in Wales, it's slightly different. There's only two. It's misselection of high-strength midazolam during conscious sedation and wrong tooth extraction. So we are contractually obliged to report those, and we report those to the CQC. The NHS is also developing a reporting tool called the Patient Safety Incident Management System. And we'd really encourage all dentists to engage with this. And it's still in its development stage. And if you wanted to get involved with that, if you Google it, um, then you can, you can get involved with this development also. But what we really need right now, and I'm really passionate about this, is an anonymous reporting tool that we can actually learn from within our own practice settings. Do you know of any such tools, uh, Sue? Yeah, I think that's, that's incredibly important. Um, and yes, I do, actually, um, because we haven't got to forget as well, there's, there's people that don't work in England, there's people that don't work in the NHS that are missed out with the other tools as well. And then there's the anonymous reporting, which would hugely encourage practitioners. Whenever I'm out on the lecture circuit, people are often asking me about this. 
What we can do is we can collect information at the National Advisory Board for Human Factors in Dentistry. The website's www.humanfactors.dental and I'll give that again at the end of the webinar because that means that we can look at the issues and we can quickly share relevant learning with the dental profession. We're not a regulator, we're an expert group focused on human factors in dentistry and keeping dental teams safe and keeping their patients safe. So yet that's hugely important, that anonymized sharing of information. So I think we've got people interested in this. So Simon, what would you say to people who are asking, how do I take this forward into my own dental practice just now? Well, what I want people to do to take away from this presentation, from this webinar, is to really start to learn and share from their errors, mishaps and near misses. Even if it's just between the dentist and the nurse, or even just between practice teams where you share things at practice meetings, or between peer review groups or, or foundation dentist groups. Because this way you will not only make your practice safer, but you'll also start to change the culture to better engage your patient safety. You'll start to understand your infallibilities, but if you are going to do this, you have to apply two key principles. And we've done a lot of research around this. And these two key principles are, it has to be anonymous. And the second one is it has to have a focus on learning rather than blame or punitive action. And that's really what I want people to do is to just share and learn from their errors. Thanks, Simon. We hope you've enjoyed this Human Factors in Dentistry podcast brought to you by Professor Simon Wright and Dr. Sue Boynton from the National Advisory Board for Human Factors in Dentistry. We hope you've picked up some helpful ideas to share with your teams and your colleagues. You'll find more Human Factors in Dentistry podcasts on our website, www.humanfactors.dental.